but you have to remember that looks can be deceiving. And if somebody buys your top and they're like, oh, well, it looked really good in that picture. But when I got it, it's actually not like that at all because you're giving the illusion that it's something that is actually not. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and founder of the Boutique Training Academy, where I'm so excited to have one of my coworkers. I hate to say employee because like she's also my cousin and friend and uh, she's absolutely helped me change my business in the past couple of years with her expertise, with her knowledge, with her like craving to learn more about how to help you guys. And I'm excited to introduce her. So welcome Andrea Kenny to the Booster Boutique Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we call you like our brand manager, our Shopify expert, kind of like our all around. I also say you're like kind of our aesthetic queen. You're always like, oh, that doesn't look good. Let's change that. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're like obsessed with aesthetics. Um, But your background, I mean, you have a master's degree in criminal justice. And I personally think that while that doesn't seem related the amount of critical thinking that you've had to do to get that master's degree has like proven that you can figure anything out in this business with us. And I think that's like, for me, so awesome. And I love having you on our calls for Shopify expert days in our, our group program. So let, why don't I let you introduce yourself too, and just like talk about what you do. Cause I think that's important. That sounds good. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. And I think one of my favorite things to do is to figure out how things work. That's, I think, how my brain works. So coming into an industry where I had a little bit of a background working retail, but really nothing on the consulting side or business side of this type of business has been super eye-opening and very fun to learn about. So like you said, I love to learn. I love to figure stuff out. Kind of what I do for your team and for Team Emily is I like to call myself sometimes the Jill of all trades. (laughs) because if you come to me and you say, Hey, I need to figure out how to do this. I'm like, Oh, heck yeah. Let's figure out how to do this. And I just, that's where my strengths are. So the last probably six months or so, I've really been heavy into Shopify actually longer than that. Now it's been like, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So I've been really into the aesthetics of websites and helping boutique owners from a consumer standpoint, which is what I am. I love to shop what makes their website look good and professional makes me want to buy from them, but also the back end piece of it to how it functions for them as a store. I think both parts are equally as important. Well, and I think honestly too, with you helping on the back end piece of it, it then translates to help me help more people because when things are set up correctly, like even just loading products incorrectly, tagging them, using product type, putting costs in there, all that stuff all of that data then gets filtered to me once I start doing people's business analysis and buy plans. And so it's really been helpful, I think, to have both of us getting people really geared up on Shopify 
so that they can be more successful. Yes. From like you're saying an aesthetic and consumer standpoint, like how do we sell more from the front end? And then also from a data perspective for me of how can we analyze all this stuff? Because we've actually done the work to, you know, provide the necessary information so that when I come along and I say, I want to analyze a year worth of data, it's all looking good and it's all making sense. So it's been actually like a really nice, I think, flow for our team too, because we do love Shopify. You know, we we're cool. If you use other things like a comment sold or a square, you know, we're cool with that, but we will always advocate for Shopify because both of us from the aesthetic front end and the backend perspective, the data perspective, we just feel it's the strongest e-commerce platform out there for anyone to use. So today we're going to talk about things that we see on websites that are annoying and that are really, I would say easy fixes for most people. A hundred percent. And it's front end and back end because I've had the pleasure of helping quite a few shops now set up either from start to finish, or I would go in after they've kind of already kind of screwed stuff up a little bit or had somebody that maybe, you know, with the best intentions wanted to help, but completely kind of screwed, screwed up the back end. Uh, so we're going to talk about both front end, what you would see as a consumer, but also what I would see going into the back end too, and things that can really move the needle for you. And if you're going to work with somebody like Emily, like a consultant down the line, making sure that you have these pieces in place. So it's much easier for them to analyze your numbers, see what's going on and just move the needle in your business even further. And I would also just preface a lot of this too, with saying, so much of what we're going to talk about applies to any platform. So yes, we're going to talk about Shopify as sort of the, what we prefer as our preference, but we work with clients who use comments sold, who Mm -hmm. use square. Those are probably the two other biggest ones that we, we see come in. I see Wix sometimes, but not as much anymore. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all of this stuff, if like, if you're not a Shopify user, do not turn this off. We're giving you general advice. Um, and we're going to try to also weave in some of the comments sold and square stuff that we see as well, because frankly, those are great platforms too. They're just different and they operate differently. And I, I will continue to say every single platform is going to have its upsides and its downsides. So while we can say great things about Shopify, there's some things that we don't love about it and that's okay too. Um, so, you know, don't stop listening because you're like, well, I use comments sold. Like, Hey, we help tons of comments sold users as well. And we see those platforms actually trying to keep up with Shopify. So making really nice improvements, um, on the back end and the front end to help you keep up. So we're actually glad to, to talk about those as well, because we, we see them making progress too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually everything that I wanted to talk about today can be applied across the board. I don't think I have anything super Shopify specific. Yay. Okay, good. We'll yeah. start us off. Like what is the number one most, are we doing it in like the order that's the most annoying to the least annoying? Or? Um, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when I was writing these down, maybe because <laughs> this one came at like, the first one is photos, being all different sizes uh, and all different crops and all different crops. To me, that's like the number one thing that you can do to make your website look super clean. There's nothing that drives me crazier than having, you know, a teeny tiny little picture of a product 
and then having like a massive product. When you go to a sales page, if you go to like a really big retailer like Nordstrom or Macy's or American Eagle, all the pictures are the same. And there's a reason for that because it looks good. It looks clean. It looks neat. And it's not hard to do, especially if you're taking the pictures yourself, get yourself a free Canva account. We love Canva on team Emily. We use Canva yes, every we love Canva. single day, <laughs> every single day. And just come up with a standard size. You can create your own size. I like to use like the Facebook size or the Instagram square. And then you just crop your photos to fit. Super, super easy to do. And it makes such a huge difference. It could be a little time consuming if you already have an entire site up. But if you're starting this from scratch, if you have not started your site yet, that's a tip to get yourself started up on the right foot. If you already have a whole bunch of products up, might take you a little bit. Maybe that's something that you can hand off to an employee if you have one, or even if you've got a teenager, <laughs> I think probably my 12 year old could do this, you know, <laughs> like you could have somebody else do it for you because it is time consuming. I just did it for somebody and it took me a couple of hours, but again, you could also break it up into chunks. It makes such a difference. It's so worth doing, even though it's super time consuming. It's very mindless very mindless yeah. once you're in it. You can watch your new episodes of Real Housewives while you do it <laughs> on your computer. I often will do that when I'm doing busy work. I have Real Housewives on one side. I'm like totally caught up with my seasons. Um, but I, I also want to add too, as you're doing that and as you're taking the pictures is thinking about the crop. What annoys me kind of about photos is where I go through and there's a head cut off, but then there's a head, but then the feet are cut off and then pick a style. Like if you're going to have all the heads cut off, have all the heads cut off. If you're going to have all the feet cut off, it's really about the consistency of the photo. In my mind, it's not necessarily like there isn't one specific way. Oh, this is the best way to take a photo. But I do think also with backgrounds, I see people that just have these like very complicated backgrounds and they don't have to be like, they can be a white wall with a plant, with a chair, with a blanket draped over, or like a great piece of art on the wall. I get really annoyed when it's like outside, inside, outside, in front of a piano, like, and it's just all different crops, all different backgrounds to me, the consistency. And that's what you're talking about too, with sizes is the consistency of what's in the photo too, is just really important visually when you get to that page. Yeah, I completely agree. That was actually another whole other point is the photography that I see sometimes is not consistent. The pictures are blurry. The pictures are cut off in like some weird way, or like you said, like there's no head, there's no feet. Another thing that I saw that is super easy to fix is bottoms. If you're taking pictures of bottoms, we don't need to see your top. I really just want to see your jeans and I want to see your butt and customers want to see your butt. They want to see how the jeans fit on the front and on the back. They so totally do. You're right. You're right. And I think the blurry piece of it too is huge. So like, can you talk a little bit about like how you think people get these blurry pictures? Like what are they doing with their settings or whatever? I know sometimes it's, you've grabbed a crappy picture from your vendor's website, but if you're actually taking those photos, how can we avoid having blurry pictures? What I see a lot of times is people will zoom in, take the picture. Really, you should be taking the picture far out and then cropping in because then the quality is going to be the same as when you took the picture originally. I see a lot of people taking pictures on an iPad, which the iPad is a great tool for a lot of things because the screen's really big, but it's actually the cameras aren't really meant to be a camera. They're not as high quality as an iPhone or an Android or anything like that. So don't use your tablet to take photos. If you're doing them yourself, some people I know hire photographers, but if you do have a photographer, a little side note, and they're doing all of like the cropping and things for you, 
typically photographers are pretty good about knowing how to crop things. But if you're looking for something very specific, make sure that you give them that direction. Like, hey, I really just want like bottoms I want from my waist down or, you know, from torso down, things like that. Or if you have a specific size and they're willing to size it for you, just give them that information because a lot of photographers will just send you, you know, the rough cut and then you have to go and resize it. Absolutely. Well, and I think you have a really good point there too, with the tablet versus the iPhone versus the, you know, phone, phone photography, like the phone photography. I mean, if I had the iPhone I have now back when I had a boutique, I mean, the quality of the pictures would have been so much better. Like these iPhone cameras are crazy high quality. Like that's the other thing is you don't need a DSLR. You don't need a fancy setup, like really get a tripod, use your phone, have like a timer clicker. It's honestly, like, I think the photography piece of it, so many people overthink and they think, oh, it has to be so professional looking, but your iPhone is super professional. Yeah go head over to Pinterest, look up some poses. That's where I find a bunch of inspiration to send to people that I work with. And I just send them, I'm like, Hey, this is a really great way to display shoes, which I know is a tough one because a lot of people will just grab the manufacturer or the vendor's picture of the shoes, but they don't show them on a body. They don't show them styled. They don't show how high the heel is. So you could very easily go over to Pinterest, you know, type in photography for jeans, photography for tops, photography for boutiques, and you're going to come up with a whole list of sample poses. Some of them are great. Some of them not so great, but again, it's just some inspiration for you. Can we talk about photography angles as we're talking about this? What are our best angles for shooting tops, bottoms, you know, a whole look, like where should we have the camera? And I know we're getting deep into photography, but this makes or breaks your sight. Mm -hmm. I like to see a straight on photo and I like to see the front and back and sometimes even the side, depending on the detail on the top. Same for bottoms. I want to see things straight on. You can give a little bit of an angle in one photo. You always should have a straight on and a straight behind so people can actually see the detail of the top and how it actually lays on you. Because think about when we're posing, we're posing to make ourselves look the best. We're using angles to hide certain things that we don't like about ourselves. And I know that's probably why a lot of boutique owners do it because it's a little bit more flattering of a pose, but you have to remember that looks can be deceiving. And if somebody buys your top and they're like, oh, well, it looked really good in that picture. But when I got it, it's actually not like that at all because you're giving the illusion that it's something that is actually not. So being as honest with photography, side note, please do not filter your photos. If you're going to have them professionally edited for like skin stuff, cool. But if you start to filter your photos, it's going to change the color of the item. And that's the worst when you have something that's not actually true to color and people get it in and they're like, I thought this was burnt orange and it's actually like bright red. I a hundred percent agree. And I think the biggest issue for me, especially, and I think this actually, we can all kind of relate to this because shopping on places like fashion go and fair, you know, and seeing model photography there nine times out of 10, it's really good. You can actually tell like how short I remember, um, I would love a dress and then I'd see the picture on fashion go. And I'd be like, Oh, that dress is hitting like 
at least two to three inches above this woman's knee. Like it's going to be too short on my girl. And I think that's the other piece of it is you have to look with that critical eye. Like you do while you're shopping, you have to remember your customers looking with that critical eye and making the determination. Is this item too short? Is it going to fit my boobs? Is it going to, you know, pinch in the right way is like, that's the thing is I agree with you a thousand percent that we have just gotten so obsessed with taking flattering photos of ourselves, but that's really not translating to a boutique website. And, and, you know, these photos are the ones that you're going to use on Instagram, on Facebook, on everything. So it's better to just get it right first out than have to completely like do all these lifestyle shoots and, you know, get a good, clear image from straight on, that's good quality. That's crop the same. That's looks the same size on your site. I think that's like the summary of what I would say of like, here's how to take great photos. Absolutely. And I think you talking about sizing, uh, using fashion go and looking at it on a model and how you're like, okay, well, if this model is five, three and it hits here, it's going to be way too short for me. I'm five ten. Like <laughs> I'm six, which, one. We're, we're the tall girls right, in our family. Yes. Yeah. We well, our entire, I feel like our entire family is Vikings, but um, <laughs> I think what Brooke might be the shortest and she's like five, six. So yeah, we're all pretty we tall. So we're, jeans. we're very sensitive about how long things are even like even sleeve lengths, you know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always looking at like, is that sleeve too short? on that woman. Well, it's definitely going to be too short on me. Like that's never going to fit me. So I think that's also too, is you have to remember that you have your ideal customer and you have the woman who's maybe the same height as your ideal customer, but has a different shape and has a different body size. And, you know, I I also think it's really beneficial to have a couple different size people. If you are selling, especially plus sizes, like have a girl who's a size 16, 18, 20 modeling those clothes so that actually someone can see what it looks like on her shape rather than your size eight. Cause as someone who wears a size 16, like no offense, but if you're a size six or eight, like I'm not going to buy it. Like I just don't, there's, it doesn't translate for me product descriptions are huge. I think going back to the height piece is listing how tall you are or how tall your model is and what size you're wearing. Because I can look at somebody and I'm like, oh, they're 5'10". Okay. It's probably going to hit me, but they don't have a chest. They're wearing a size small and I'm not a size small. So it really helps when you give height, especially for dresses and bottoms, sometimes tops, but mostly dresses and bottoms because of the length you know, yeah. and telling people what size your models are wearing. And then if you have multiple models saying like, Emily's wearing a size 16, Andrea's wearing a size 12. So that was one of my, also <laughs> one of my nitpicky things is the lack of product descriptions. Now, but wait, do I have to write like a whole beautiful paragraph with the product description? Because, you know, if I'm loading 25 new products a week or 10 new products a week, that's very labor intensive. What's the sort of bare minimum that still is a quite acceptable level of a description? I mean, I love a good description, but I understand that people, if you're uploading 25 new products every week, that's not going to happen. So to me, I think having a template, so basically like a fill in the blank Great. of, I need to put this information every single week, every single product is the perfect place to start. So that to me would be what the product is made of. So it's hundred percent cotton. If the product runs small, large, or normal size, how tall the model is wearing it, 
what the model's wearing, and then any descriptive factors. So if it has like a bell sleeve, if it's a straight cut denim, if it's an A-line dress. So kind of giving those descriptions because people can visually see it, but some people are trained to know like, okay, I know that A-line looks really good on me. Is that an A-line dress? So including the cut of the fabric is super important. So if you're gonna do the bare minimum, I'd say those things are kind of the top five or six items that you should 100% include in every single description. I also love the idea of just having a template where, you know, you, it says material fit sizing, like, and just being able to fill that in. Because honestly, if you've taken the photo, you, you already kind of know what's going to, how it fits and how it lays. And I love that because I, I think you need something for a product description. Like I've been to lots of websites where there's nothing. And I think those tend to be the people who do a lot of live sales. So it's really just on the website to make the purchase. But if you really want to drive more website traffic to, to convert that you're not doing a live sale, the product descriptions are very important. And having a template is great if you have people working for you, because then they know what's expected of them to list. It's such a good way to delegate though. You're totally right. Yeah. It's, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I hired this fantastic person to do my website. I'm like, well, do they know what they're doing and do they have a plan? Because if they don't have a plan and they're not going to list the same things in each product, then what's the point? Again, it's a whole consistency thing. I also like to think of online shopping because you're not physically feeling a product. You're not there to see it. You're not there to try it on. You have to take a whole extra step in order to have people buy that product from you. So if you're someone that does a lot of live sales, that's great because people can actually see it on a moving body. You have the time to describe it in detail. Just translate that over to your description. Take those keywords, put them in your description. I love that. I love that. All right. What's next up on your things that annoy us about websites <laughs> list? All right. So number three I have is hard to navigate menus. Oh, you're so right about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. That's a huge pet peeve of mine is I want to be able to find things. There's like a fine line between having too many collections and having not enough collections. Agreed. Because I don't want to see a shop all and see every single little thing that you have. I don't want to see a drop down menu and you have tanks, sweatshirts, t-shirts, graphic tees, and there's like three items in each one. Agreed. Give me a break. It's too hard to navigate. (laughs) If it's too too hard hard to navigate, then it's too hard for your customer to shop. Period. I want to make things. I like the kiss. Keep it simple. Silly. Yes. Keep it simple, especially when you're first starting out. If you are only carrying 25 to 30 items when you are first out of the gate, you don't need to have a category for each one. Tops, bottoms, if you're carrying dresses, which normally I don't think people carry dresses right out of the get-go. Maybe you do. Accessories. You don't even need to have a jewelry yet. Accessories. I love that. And then I would also add to that as you do more, and if you are on some kind of launch schedule, adding a new arrivals tab Mm -hmm. to me, that's really important is like every four weeks, sort of like updating that new arrivals tab, because especially when I'm running Facebook ads with people, that's the tab that I tend to send people to from the Facebook ad. So we'll create the ad with their best selling items or their newest stuff. And then I'm always like, wait, you don't have a new arrivals tab. Let's add that. Cause that's where I want to direct people. Because really when you send people from an ad 
or even honestly, just from a link from your social media site, I don't want to just go to your homepage. I want to go to the newest, best, great stuff that hopefully that's what you also have the most stock in and the most sizes in. So it will actually help someone convert from a Facebook ad to uh, actually purchase when they know, oh, this is the newest, the latest, the greatest, and she still has my size. Awesome. So I'm going to add in there the new arrivals tab, because I actually think from a backend perspective of like working with big, big retailers, like that's where we always send their Facebook ads to. Yep. My new arrivals. Is, I think everybody that I've designed a page for, I always put new arrivals. And the other thing about new arrivals is keeping it cleaned up. You really don't want to have more than two pages of new arrivals. Totally. And let's talk about the sold out things. You know, I know there's that nice balance of thinking like, okay, it's good for people to see that you've sold out of some things, mm-hmm. but there's also a limit where it's like, oh, does this person just sell out of everything and never clean it up? Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to restock it ever, like ever, ever, if you know, you're not going to get more of that, take it off. I mean, leave it up for maybe a week just to create a little bit of FOMO. Yeah. Show people like, Hey, I do sell out of things, yeah. but if you don't plan on restocking it or you can't restock it, get rid of it after a week. And if you can restock it or you want to restock it, what is the app that we use to collect email addresses? Because we've added this on our Shopify uh, boutique calendar website. So we have a, we actually like together kind of manage shopboutiqueceo.com. And that's our Shopify site that we do a lot of testing and training from. We also sell calendars on it. So we've actually done a really nice job, like testing a lot of these series and trying a lot of these things out. And what we did last year, because we sold through so many calendars and like way faster than I, I was like, crap, I didn't do the math right on this. Like, Oh God. So Andrea found this great app that we added um, onto our site so that when people came and they were like, oh my gosh, it's not here, they enter their email. And then the minute it comes back in stock, right? The minute you like go in and add the inventory, it shoots them an email saying, hey, we're back in stock and they purchase from that. So what is that app called? It's called Restock Alerts. Restock Alerts. Okay. We highly suggest that. I mean, I think it's like $10 a month, $5 a month. So it's, it's free up to a certain number of notifications. So if you are like just getting started in this and you um, have like a lower audience, you may be able to get away with the free one. I think I just upgraded us to, it's like 12 bucks a month for like 300 notifications. Great. Great. So Which is nothing. Yeah. Completely reasonable. And I mean, speaking of calendar right now, if you go to the website, actually it may even be mm. available now, but head over to shopboutiqueceo.com. Get yourself yes. on a list or get yourself a calendar. Yes. You also can go, we actually have a direct link, just um, boutiquecalendar.com goes right to the page where we sell that calendar. So that's the other thing too. If you have very specific things you're known for, you can also do these kind of subdomains. I, they're not technically subdomains. They're actually regular domains. But what we do, and we do this for everything, is we give it like a, a clean, pretty domain. I think it's called it's a vanity a domain. Oh. Yeah, a vanity do- domain. So so when people say, oh, how can I get the boutique calendar? I'm like, oh, just go to boutiquecalendar.com. And we redirect that from where I own that uh, domain name on GoDaddy. We redirect that right to the Shopify page, which is probably shopboutiqueceo.com forward slash boutique calendar fine, but like how much easier is it for me to run ads and and tell people on an Instagram post or whatever, here's where to go. So if you do have a collection or you are doing something that 
feels like it could stand alone almost, you may want to purchase a, a vanity domain that makes it a little bit easier for people to kind of get to that site. It's going to screw up your metrics a little bit, but honestly, like, I don't even care. I just want it to be easy and memorable. And that is, to me is the most important thing. You know, it just makes our life easier on social when we're doing that stuff. So it really does. And when people email us asking us where the calendar is, <laughs> we calendar.com and then they're like, Oh, sorry. They're like the emoji with the like hand on the forehead, like, yep. Oh, sorry. And it's like, no, no, it's fine. We just want to make it as easy as possible because you know, we're running multiple things at once. So if we have richretailerretreat.com, yes, that's one of our Kajabi pages. But again, we can advertise it as richretailer.com. And it goes to the, rather than being like kajabi.com slash forward backslash HTML, whatever. It legitimizes Uh, it a little bit. Yeah. And it just, listen, it makes it easier for someone like me who has a lot of crap to remember. <laughs> and I'm just like, whatever, we own the domain. Let's just redirect it. I probably own like a hundred domains at this point that are redirecting all over the internet, but it seems to work for us. I'm sure an SEO person's like, never do that, but I don't care. <laughs> I know. Well, we are big into SEO, but then <laughs> that way we're not. We don't we care. Are not. No. And I, th- I think really the overall kind of theme of this is to really keep it simple for yourself, for your customers. People want simplicity when they're shopping. If I, and I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself relatively tech savvy. If something's too hard for me to shop and buy something, I'm not going to buy. Totally. Give my money somewhere else. Totally. Because and you're a good safe. shopper. I mean, your mom was a good shopper. Mm-hmm. Your brothers, you guys are a family of shoppers. So I if my mother into labor shopping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if you, if you can't sell to Andrea and her family, there's something wrong <laughs> because the they, they're good shoppers. <laughs> um, blood. It really is. It really is. So, okay. Do you have more annoying things? How long is this list? <laughs> um, how slow sites can be. Or too many pop-ups. Oh, too many pop-ups that block the whole screen. Yeah, let's talk about this. Okay, this is a really big thing that annoys me. So I know people get really excited because Shopify and a lot of these sites have all these fantastic add-ons to help capture email addresses or... Give discounts. Yeah. Yeah. Again, keep it simple. You don't need to have 14 pop-ups. That's also going to piss your customers off and it's going to block the screen. Make sure when you're setting things up too, a lot of times it will show you where you can put it on the screen. Make sure it's not covering your cart. Ooh. I have run onto so many pages where it's a, like the rewards, like the smile rewards is covering the cart. Move it. You can move it anywhere on the page. Oh you can put it, put it in the bottom right-hand corner because carts are almost always in the upper right-hand right corner. Hand, yeah. Don't put any type of pop-up over your cart ever. Oh my God. That's so true. I also would say anytime you do things on your desktop. So most of us are, are adjusting our websites on our desktop or our laptop computer, please dear God, go on a tablet, go on a phone because the amount of times that the pop-up is so big on my phone and I can't see the X out button. Give me a break. It's taking up the whole screen. I can't scroll to me. The pop-up should be small. It should be easy. It doesn't need to be in your face. And sometimes that does require some different settings. So like you may have to actually adjust your mobile views versus your desktop view. And that's a little bit like more advanced, but I can't tell you how many times I get these big pop-ups and my screen is only so big on my iPhone. Like if I can't keep shopping and I can't get around your pop-up and you know, I'll be honest with you. 
I very rarely sign up for the email to get the 10% off. Cause I just don't care. I'll pay full price. <laughs> That's the other piece of it is I think you have to be really savvy about knowing that your people are shopping on, on mobile and on desktop and probably mostly for mobile. That's again, you can look at that statistic under your analytics and Shopify. And I think most websites will give you those analytics. Um, but making sure that you are shoppable on a, a phone or a tablet. I do most of my shopping on my phone. So I think, <laughs> I think when you are designing your website and you're looking at these pop-ups, even if it looks a little bit funky on a desktop, like maybe a little bit small, as long as it looks good on the mobile, that's really honestly what matters because I'd say like 85% of people do the majority of their shopping on their phone because it's in your hand all the time. You're not always at your computer. You're not always on your tablet. Okay. So screen tablet photography. I mean, like we've gone over so much stuff. If you have anxiety, we're really sorry, (laughs) really trying to be helpful. Um, but I think, you know, it's something we look at so many websites every week. It's just the same things pop up over and over. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago, like, we're like, we have to do a podcast about this because, you know, these are easy fixes too. They're they're, And I think when you're so caught up in starting or, you know, getting off the ground or running your business, you just, there's only so much you can focus on. So we wanted to jump in and be like, here's a quick task list of things to just look at. If you want more help though, Andrea is our Shopify expert. She every single month does a call with our boutique basics bootcamp and six figure boutique blueprint students. So once a month, she does like an hour long call. She goes through Actually, I'm just going to let you talk about what, cause I let you run. I'm like, you're in charge, run the calls, <laughs> talk about what you do, because we've gotten such good feedback from students on how helpful these calls are because no one's actually really, I haven't seen anyone else in the industry kind of including this as part of their courses or as part of their consulting. So take it away. <laughs> so I've really loved stepping into the role as a bit of a coach the last six months and on something that I really love doing. And I take a two prong approach to it. I am a consumer. I'm a massive consumer. I love shopping, but I'm also spent a lot of time learning about Shopify and websites and website design. So I take a two-prong approach to how I jump into these calls and how they're designed is every single call, I will look at one person's website. So you can actually submit for an audit, a website audit. And I will basically look at your website and find five to six things, big or small, that I think you could change that will really move the needle for you. We also have a Q&A session. So if you have specific questions about your Shopify account, uh, your Wix account, I really, I call it Shopify calls, but really we're just talking website. If you have any questions about things, how to make things easier, apps that you would prefer, we go over that. And then sometimes I will also do like little presentations on industry things that I'm seeing that are coming up for you that I want you to know about are things that I have tips on. So last month we did a transitioning seasons presentation. So I showed all of the lovely boutique CEOs in both BBB and SFBB how to transition their websites from summer into fall without it being like, boom, pumpkins. Right. <laughs> right. Cause like some of us aren't ready for pumpkins yet. We're like, we just want to like, maybe wear a light sweater. Yes. Yeah. So we talked a lot about how to do that really easy things that you can do in your photography and your design and how you're promoting your products, what to show, And I think everybody took a lot away from that. Plus you get those trainings uploaded into your portal and you have them forever. So 
I love these calls. Everybody comes with such great questions. I get such great feedback. I love getting to look at everybody's websites because they're also different and they're all selling different things. So it really is such a great benefit. And like you said, I don't think anybody else in this industry is offering something like this on a monthly basis. Yeah, I don't think so either. And honestly, it was something we added because really we added you to the team and we were like, wait, how can we utilize you more? Like I would just be coming to you with questions being like, how, I don't know what they're talking about or, you know, cause like I'm good at Shopify, but I'm certainly not as in depth as you are. I mean, you're like redesigning people's and starting from scratch, like their entire site, you know? And so I'm not as well versed as you are, but having you on the team really, you know, it adds that other expert level. So I think it's been great. So I just, I love that you're a part of the team. I love that you have such a critical eye and that we can make jokes about things that, you know, seeing funny angles on websites and listen, we're, we're always laughing with you guys. Like it's, you know, we see so much every day that, um, you know, we wanted to create this podcast just to give you like an easy punch list. And if you listen, you're like, oh my God, I I do all those things great. Good for you. Like we're psyched for you. And I think that's the thing that really this podcast, I think will help a lot of probably newer people, um, or people that are like, I just need something on my website, like to ramp it up a little bit. So yeah, we're not here to judge anybody. If you are making these mistakes, really, we're just here to say as consumers and as somebody that looks at all of these sites all the time and has seen making what making these changes can do for businesses. So really, we're just here to help. We're not here to judge. If, if you're making all of these mistakes, we're here to support you. And hopefully some of these tips will help you fix that website and get some more customers and make it so much easier for your customers to find your amazing products and your amazing boutique, increase those sales. Yes. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on this week. I know We've had you on before and you've done some intro, you kind of like been in and out of the podcast, but, um, Andrea does edit all of, all of the podcast episodes. So she listens to all of them and she writes the show notes. And so it's really fun to have you on and, and have this conversation. Cause I think it's kind of a long time coming. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining. I'll see you in two weeks, same time, same place, right back here on the booster boutique podcast. Are you someone who is just tired of searching for answers about how to either get your boutique launched or get it to that next place where you feel like it's a real boutique? Maybe you just started last week, last month, six months ago, or you're planning to start very soon and launch your boutique in the next couple of months. I want to tell you about one of my best-selling programs, Boutique Basics Bootcamp. Why? Because there is so much to know when you open a boutique. And in this course, I give you an easy way to get yourself moving faster, moving in the direction of where you really want your boutique to be with my expert guidance. So I'm happy to tell you that Boutique Basics Bootcamp is open right now. And this is the live version where you get to work with me and my trained coaches through how to figure out who your ideal customer is, why your project assortment may not be selling and that's the reason you're not making the money you wanna make. We go through how to have a killer marketing plan, get your operations going and really launch with success. This is a live coaching course 
that's open right now. Doors are going to close soon. I want you to join me. Let's give you a well thought out boutique business plan. Let's make sure you have the confidence to move forward, executing this plan in real life. And I truly want to make sure that you know who your ideal customer is and that you are serving that person with an amazing product assortment and marketing plan that's easy for you and that will attract all the people who need to see your boutique. All you need to do is head on over to www.boutiquebasicsbootcamp, all one word, .com, and you'll get all the details. You'll be able to register there. We have some great bonuses, some great payment plans, all the good stuff. I cannot wait to see you inside Boutique Basics Bootcamp.